With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Thursday edition of the Lombardi line on VEASAN and DraftKings Network alongside Jonathan Von Tobel today. Stormy Tony with you. No Michael, but I mentioned this in the first hour of the show. Don't worry. There is still a new episode of the GM Shuffle that is out today. So make sure that you check your downloads because you will still have that from Michael and Femi. Um, but where we're sitting right now, it is big night, Thursday night football upon us as we kick off week seven in the National Football League, the Jacksonville Jaguars in New Orleans taking on the Saints. We've seen that number move all over the place. JVT currently sitting Jacksonville, a two-point dog with the news, at least it seems, that he's going to go ahead and start this game. According to ESPN's Ed Werder, Doug Peterson told him Trevor Lawrence will start despite the knee sprain. Uh, me O'Brien kind of echoed that too, right? Yeah. That they expect what, what, what number is he? 16? That 16 yeah. is going to be under center uh, when we get to game time tonight. And also shedding some light, you know, one of the things we discussed was the, the market seemed to react to the news that Nathan Rourke was signed or activated, whatever it's going to be. Um, and how Mia told us, like, no, nah, he's essentially the emergency guy. Like, that's, that's what that move is. Doesn't really mean anything. But the betting line did kind of respond to that news. So it, if you're rolling with that, that that news seemed to spurn forth a reaction in the betting market. Uh, I would think, again, even furthermore, if we expect that Trevor Lawrence is going to play, that all signs are pointing to it, that maybe the market overreacted to pushing this up to two and a half. Again, to somebody who bet Jacksonville Moneyline, I think this is kind of the way to go, you know, betting on Jacksonville. I know that maybe the splits would indicate another direction, but uh, I think that Jacksonville is going to be pretty live against the Saints team that has been very underwhelming, specifically on offense. According to our VEASAN.com, Splits page. Okay. Uh, Updated every five minutes. Uh, every five minutes with DraftKings odds. You sure you don't want to wait through two more minutes and 10 seconds? Why? What? So we can update it again. Oh, could get the freshest yeah. line. Well, you don't know when the last time this was That's updated. We don't know point. if it's That's on the five. Point. That's a good point. But where things sit right now, 59% handle, 43% of bets on the Saints. So public buying in on Jacksonville with the news that Trevor Lawrence is starting. But it appears that the Sharps, as they say, are on the other side. Of the I hear that the Sharps are having a bad so year. there you go. You're so. welcome. Uh, well... The last couple of weeks, it's shifted, though, right? Has it? Granted, the yes, it it, it has. Okay. The books did really, really well this past week, but I think it's like one oh, of those. Oh, I had things a bad where, week. <laughs> that did all makes all the sense in the world. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Can I um, say uh, one of my favorite moments of this season so far? Who the paid? Not the Patriots last week. Who the Patriots play the week before? I got to look the at Saints. Was it that one? When there they was, got blown out. They yes, yeah, that was it. So there was uh yes, there was that one. So I had. The no, yeah, no, it was the Cowboys. Excuse me, it's the Cowboys. Okay. So I had the in the contest that was our one of four week, I think. And I had the Patriots. I had bet the Patriots that week too. Got to talk. I was out at the the Westgate. Let's just stop betting the Patriots. Well, the that, that's it. Yes, <laughs> but I was out at the Westgate. Got to talk to Director John Murray, and John Murray sat down. He told me he's like, you know, every single sharp that we knew took the Patriots. Like that makes me feel better when they're down thirty-one to nothing. I appreciate it. I was on the right side. Thank you. Thank you very much. So at least, hey, man, I'm losing, but I'm losing with the smart guys. huh? Uh, by the way, though, if anybody did miss some of our conversation with me, O'Brien covers Jacksonville very closely. Really, really good conversation. Uh, you can download the Lombardi line as well in its podcast form. But she had very high hopes or expectations for Jacksonville in the grand scheme of things in the AFC down the line. Uh, as somebody who you follow that division very closely, being a Colts fan and like RIP Anthony uh, Richardson. Sorry about that. I know that's that's a blow. And wait, that sucks. hold on. I mean, rephrase that, please. Not Anthony Richardson. Yes. No, the team. 
Okay. Okay. The Colts. RIP the Colts with Anthony Richardson being lost now for the rest of the season. I'm just, I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to lead you to the promised land. No, thank God you said that because if I have to hear another, like, you know, think piece on Gardner Minshew actually being <laughs> the better quarterback, uh, that is not the case. So, and it's all about development, but it does, I will say this if you look at a lot of the numbers, the Colts defensively have been very, very solid this year. And I think they're going to be, you know, a really solid team, maybe to back ATS wise. Their defense has really risen their floor. They've been in a lot of these games because of it. But their offense is really going to suffer. Minshew is like a little like bird just kind of pecking at a piece of bread. There's not like a lot of explosiveness with the offense. It's not going to be super dynamic. Anthony Richardson added that aspect to it. So could they be a pretty plucky team, you know, but potentially. Plucky. Love uh, that word. It it does stink because it did look like in this division, Stormy, like it was going to be a pretty competitive division. Was it going to be good? No. But was it going to come down to like a nine and eight finish, it seemed, you know, given how all these teams were playing? Sure. But will I say, as somebody who does follow this division, Got a little bit of a like a little heartbeat. Got a ticket on the Titans at 22 to 1 to have the worst record in the NFL. And can I tell you, oh boy, got some life. That's all I'm saying. Got some life. Well, I, with Tannehill's injury, we don't mm-hmm. know the extent of it. Bunch of 30 somethings. When you're staring at yourself and you're like two and five or wherever the trade deadline is, and you're looking around and going, you know, we could get something for all some of these guys and just ship this off and just, you don't just have, hand the reins you over don't to any anxiety, though, about Mike Vrabel still being there. Oh, you mean coach? Mike Vrabel who decides to kick field goals when he's down by four points? That Mike Vrabel? That is the guy. Or the other Mike Vrabel who the kicked a field one. goal on third and goal? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm okay on, you know, the guy who maximizes the win probability more than any other coach out there. I think, you know, Mike's do uh, Mike's made some mistakes this year, we'll say. Fair. Uh, but still, the Got Texans. Fired up. Let's the go. Texans in the way that they've played has been... Very, very interesting. Yes, very and, good. And it's a bummer, though, because we thought in the division we could maybe have a race for offensive rookie of the year with Anthony Richardson. So I think that's a little disappointing storyline that we're not going to get there in the AFC South. Can I build on something you pointed out really quickly? So along the thoughts you brought up with me, O'Brien, about, hey, did not, not, not many people saw the competitive nature of the Houston Texans. One of the things in hindsight, though, that a lot of people got right was that of the rookie quarterbacks, right, that, that uh, C.J. Stroud's ceiling and floor were like this, like they were very tight together. And that's maybe the case that you didn't want to bring him in because while he would probably get off to the quickest start as a rookie, there's not like room for a lot of growth. And at the very least, the front end of that theory seems to be right. Like he's come in, he's hit the ground run and he looks really comfortable in this offense, looks comfortable as an NFL quarterback. So I'm really intrigued by that because it seems that a lot of the draft people got the first part right, that he's going to have the highest floor of the rookies. But is there a higher ceiling as he goes along in his career? It's going to be something really interesting to watch develop. And it's also been fascinating to me to hear how many people talk about his leadership qualities and stuff as a rookie in yeah. the NFL and people really following him and, you know, getting the getting inspired on the sideline from CJ Stroud. That that was an interesting part of his his um, start to the season as well. And just some final thoughts here on Thursday Night Football. Later on at the very end of the hour, we'll do some props and maybe some angles from that standpoint. I don't have a play on the side. I know you like Jacksonville. I am just playing the under. I have the under 40. I'm kind of riding yeah. that Saints streak 6-0 and to the under um, this season. 12-0 dating back their last 12. 15-1 to the under their last 16 games. I've had success with this the last four weeks and just hoping that we can see that trend continue with two defenses that largely have been solid. And for Jacksonville, with the exception of that Houston Texans game, holding opponents below 21 points per game the rest of the way. Can't wait to watch this, man. When you see a total of 40 or like 39 and a half, just gets the blood pumping, you know? And I mean, primetime unders, baby. Keep that rolling too. Anything to make Al Michaels miserable. (laughs) I'm totally in on it. I think he'll appreciate a good defensive battle. Um, we also have some some other quarterback injury news update. Deshaun Watson, despite telling us absolutely nothing, by the way, in his press conference yesterday. Why even speak? Why even talk to media if you're going to say, you know, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, it could be two months, well, could be never. You might want to be uh, careful with that. If somebody who's living is partially talking to some of these coaches, then you wouldn't be able to talk to anybody because they never say anything. Sometimes you get valuable things, okay? (laughs) You do, but that was just... Actually, you're right, because two weeks ago, his coaching staff was throwing him under the bus. Hey, we thought he was going to be ready. I don't know what happened. (laughs) He just just told us, and, you know... We get stuff. We uh, get stuff. I.e., we don't like him, so... But evidently, according to his offensive coordinator, he will practice today. Deshaun Watson will. So I think that's at least a step in that direction. That's one of just a handful of line moves that we've seen this week. Um, But the Browns now up to a three-point favorite in Indy. Yeah, I would caution that, though, only because you know who also returned to practice this week? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's not playing this week. So returning to practice doesn't mean a ton. I can understand why the market would kind of react. But here's the thing. I'll ask you this. 
Have you seen anything from Deshaun Watson that would think, hey, he's available. Let's push this up to a key number of three because he has not played well at all. And I am somewhat surprised that the market thought like, hey, let's push this up. I get it. The quarterbacks behind him have not been great, but he's been so bad that I don't know if that's worth pushing you up to. Because on the surface, I'm going to tell you, hey, upgrade by one. Okay, one doesn't mean that much. But if that one pushes you up to a full field goal, that means a little bit more than just a one-point bump. And I just haven't seen anything from him. And the building lot we talked about, has Minshew been good? No. And has the Browns defense been incredible? Yes. But I, I just, I'm not sure that's if where, I'm there. That's where I come from, right. is that, like, Cleveland's defense is just so freaking good yep. that, like, even whether it's Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker, I still feel confident that the Browns are going to go in and win that game by a field goal. So that's, I mean, at least, and that's just my personal opinion, when we get to Sunday, that could very well not play out and I'll look like an idiot. But, mm. yeah, just save the tape for me next week. That'll be fun. But that's how I feel is I, I think that Indy's going to have a really hard time combating that Browns defense, regardless of who's playing on the offensive side. But uh, obviously you would prefer Deshaun Watson in that position. It's just been such a weird saga, this whole thing with his shoulder, where you anticipated him to start, I guess it'd be three weeks now by the time we get to Sunday, three weeks ago. Yeah. And then still over the bye, he's not practicing, doesn't play last week. It's just a weird thing. You don't expect a a bruise, I guess, to affect you that much. But the also the report about him wanting to be pain free, like nobody is pain free in the National Football League right wow, now. Tell him so. to suck it up, huh? No, yeah, that's come not on, what I say mean. It, Stormy, let's I just want to bet the Browns this week. Come on, Deshaun, uh, be better. I will say, for what it's worth, too, um, the John Vaughn model actually had this with Deshaun Watson in as actually a one and a half point spread. So, okay. just under one and a half. There is some faith in Indy defensively here and at home, but home isn't really worth that much. Seemed like some people were taking the points as well with Arizona, so that line goes from eight and a half to seven and a half with Seattle and the Broncos game as well came down a little bit just a one point spread now with Green Bay that's that's a game that I'm not touching with a 10 foot pole no I mean because the market also has been kind of high and I was there at the beginning of the year on Green Bay like high in that it just thought it was better than what the Packers were well, I look at, at that game forth. and I want to bet Green Bay but sure. I'm like I feel like it's such a trap yeah, this is a trap. Uh, I can I can understand what's the uh, the uh, Admiral Akbar in Star Wars. It's a trap. Um, <laughs> no, I can I, I get that. It, like and to my point here too, the Packers overall have been three and two against the spread, so they have shown some value. But the last few weeks, it's really kind of soaked up. They failed to cover their last two, and obviously they've lost their last two outright. So that's kind of been the thing here with Green Bay. They haven't really been good recently. Still to come this hour, we'll have our guy, Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, also um, doing great things with the Bear Bets podcast for Fox Sports. We'll have him get some of his plays, his thoughts on Thursday night football as well. And a little bit later, Michael Calabrese, betting analyst for the Action Network. Like I mentioned too, end of the hour, we'll do some prop opportunities. So lots of good stuff here to come. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Lombardi line. Don't go anywhere. This is VEASAN and DraftKings Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With all four major sports in action, there's no better time of year to be a sports better. And with our new Sports Equinox special, no better time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now and get full VEASAN Pro access to everything we do through May 1st for only 120 bucks. That includes daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus the exclusive betting content for Major League Baseball, the playoffs obviously underway, college football, the rest of the NFL season. We've got March Madness, NBA and NHL regular seasons, and the NFL Draft. The limited time offer those to visit vcin.com slash subscribe to sign up now. And while we don't have Michael Lombardi on the program today, we are so grateful that we still have our other resident GM, Will Hill, who's going to join us, VEASAN contributor and doing great work over there with the Bear Bets podcast on Fox Sports with Chris Felico. What's going on, Will? Well, what a lovely introduction. How's it of going? Of course. We, well, you know, you're managing everything. I, since Michael's not here to give you a hard time, I feel like it's my duty. Filling it admirably, as always. <laughs> so we got a big Thursday night football game coming up, obviously, tonight with the Saints and Jags going head-to-head. The latest word on the street is Trevor Lawrence is going to start. Just general thoughts. How does that impact your view of this game? And how do you think things might play out tonight? Ugh, ugh. That's just my that's just my sound for all these Thursday night games. Just a big ugh. injuries everywhere. So much uncertainty. Uh, I I lean. I like the Saints here on the money line. I just think it's a tough spot for the Jags in terms of. Uh, and I didn't hear the beginning of the show. I'm sure you covered it. It's just tough in terms of the travel. They were in London for two weeks, got two wins, came home, didn't have a week off, got another nice win against the Colts. Although the stats, it wasn't as pretty for the Jags as the final score would indicate. Uh, but now your quarterback is banged up. So even if he plays, I can't imagine he's going to be 100 percent. Mobility is such a big part of Lawrence's game. So be interesting to see if these books hang a rushing prop on Lawrence if he gets uh, ruled in because, I mean, just naturally you look to, to play an under um, you wouldn't figure he's going to be able to run too much. So I like the Saints. They've got issues of their own. The, the streak of just playing a, a million straight unders. I think it's what, 12 or 13 to be exact. 12, you yeah. figure it's a tight, close to the best game. I like the Saints in a close game. Um, I, I can't argue with the Jags on a teaser getting up to eight in a game that won't be a lot of points. It's just the uncertainty with Lawrence. If he ever gets scratched or if he just can't play at all, you uh, you know, you'd be worried about that. But Jags are an obvious teaser leg. I like the Saints on the money line. Just a typical Thursday night game, which you know, t- tough to bet, tough to handicap some of these. All right, let's go to Sunday then and talk about some of these other games. Will, by the way, good to talk to you, but I haven't talked to you for a while. Um, oh. Rams, what are we doing with them? Because I, I think from like my process here throughout the season, they've been one of the more undervalued teams. They've been performing at a pretty high clip and they've been, I think, blowing the doors off some expectations. What were they like the fourth choice to have the worst record in the NFL before the year started? You, you going back to this against Pittsburgh? I am. I don't really understand this number. This number looks short to me. I know, hey, it's in L.A. It's going to be all Steelers fans. That's how it goes with these L.A. teams, how it goes with Vegas sometimes. But to me, the Rams offense is by far the best unit of these four units. Pittsburgh, I mean, what if they showed you the offense is just dreadful? The defense, you think of Pittsburgh, you think of defense. Uh, their defense is OK. But uh, to me, the Rams are just they're better. They're better for in a meaningful way. I, I see this game winning. The, I see them winning this game by, I don't know, seven, ten points. I just. Uh, three looks light to me. I just think the Rams are, are a much better team than uh, than Pittsburgh here. You like Tomlin as a dog, but you really like Tomlin off of a loss. That's where he sort of gets his team up. They're not off of a loss. They're off of a win and a buy. So to me, the Rams here are, are low, are cheap at three. So I like the Rams. Like you said, they've been undervalued all year. I think they're undervalued again. Uh, you, Will's taking a shot here in L.A. and the fan base. I don't know if you saw the news t- yesterday or today. They actually just raised the season ticket prices over for the wow. Los Angeles Rams. Oh, so they're doing well. 
I wonder if they're more expensive than the Diamondbacks for the. Yeah, did you playoffs. see that? Will by the way, no twenty dollar tickets to the uh, the Diamondbacks game today. That surprises me. I didn't. That's I didn't wild. Think of that. Yeah, that really is. I didn't think. Well, I guess it, it is. Well, it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday, but still, this is the NLCS, the team right. that hasn't had success. I don't think of the Diamondbacks as being some you know apathetic fan base. That's usually they've got a decent home crowd. I remember. You know, back when the Yankees played them in the World Series, they had those sticks they would whack together. It was a it, it was a packed ballpark. So that's interesting. That surprises me. You're a real sports fan. Call it a work. I agree. I know we're Bacon talking. All, I know we're talking all NFL here, but I guess while we're on baseball here briefly, how, how have you been doing in Major League Baseball in the playoffs? It's been going well. You know, I the, the games themselves, the series have been themselves haven't been great and mm. kind of. Just from a fan standpoint, thank God Houston won last night because if we ever got a sweep in, in one series, a sweep in the other, and we had a week off, that would kill any momentum uh, baseball had. But it looks like Houston, I think, you know, Houston, Texas, the winner of that game pro- uh, tonight probably wins that series, although it, it, it's interesting. It's not like the NBA, JVT. It's not like home field, uh, home court means anything. The road right. team has won all three games. Houston has been bad on the road and great, uh, bad at home and great on the road all year, which is a really strange thing. Can't really explain. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a feel. I've been riding Philly a lot. I, I picked Philly in five to, to start this series. I bet them plus 550 to win in five. I kind of have a feeling Arizona gets them tonight. I, I don't know that I can get there in terms of just, you know, t- t- taking Arizona at such a small price. Philly's been so hot, but you get Philly out of that environment. Maybe Arizona. I, I would think Arizona splits three and four, and then Philly probably closes them in five. So would lean Diamondbacks tonight. Nothing I bet so far, though. Yeah, I have a bad feeling. I've got a Rangers 21 ticket to win the World Series, and I've been riding this thing out and haven't done anything with it. But my thought process was if they lose yesterday, then I'm going to buy some off of it. Because I, I, for some reason, well, I thought, you know how you said today, the winner maybe goes on to win the series. I thought that was yesterday. I thought if you gave the Astros any sort of life, that that was going to start to take hold. And I, I think I, I think that's what's going to happen here. Brantley, dude, he's 30s. He's like the million years old how does he make that catch in the sixth inning it's ridiculous Amazing. it's hard to expect you're going to sweep houston though you had to figure houston was going to get yeah. one at some point i know people are you know you're critical some people are critical of pitching serves or like hey he hasn't pitched in forever don't give houston any life it's just hard i mean he's what one three cy youngs and he's going to say hey i'm good to go i'm healthy he was throwing 95 it's hard to say all right we know you're healthy we know you're max scherzer we traded for you but you're going to sit this one out. We're going to pitch uh, Dane Dunning or Andrew Heaney. That's a tough one. I, <laughs> I get you can second guess it, and he wasn't sharp. Uh, he's actually pretty sharp in the first inning, but, you know, command wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I get where that's a tough call. I get giving him the ball, even though, look, it, it obviously didn't work out. All right, let's go back to the NFL. The Chargers had an opportunity on Monday night to beat the Cowboys. Justin Herbert could have put on the superhero cape, but Micah Parsons and Stephon Gilmore ripped that thing off of him. Herbert so. stunk. Chargers coming off bad. a loss and in an opportunity to bounce back, they get the Kansas City Chiefs, which always a really closely contested, tough game in the AFC West. What are you looking at here? I mean, you could have just clipped those things and just save it for every Charger game ever. They had a chance <laughs> to win it. They didn't. That game was close and they lost by three. I mean, every Chargers game is the same. Every Charger Chiefs game is the same. They're up three late. They're down three late. Uh, they've played Kansas City toe to toe. They never seem to win these games. But you just go back and look the last three or four years. Every game is a field goal. There's one exception where Kansas City won by six in overtime that Thursday night game around Christmas a few years ago. That was an overtime game, though. And, and it took a touchdown in overtime. But I think it was Kelsey to uh, to make that more than a field goal to me. Uh, Kansas Kansas City's not the vintage, like explosive Chiefs offense we're used to. It's more of a close to the vest, uh, methodical offense. I just think these games are always close. I know it's not a great spot in terms of the travel here for the Chargers or just the rest where they're on short rest. Kansas City's on extra rest, but still five and a half is a lot of points. If you're down 10 late, if you're the Chargers, the back door will be open. So I'll just uh, I'll play the history here. I'll take the Chargers plus the five and a half. All right, let's go big picture. Cowboys get a big win against the Los Angeles Chargers, despite that woman cheering in the stands. So what are we doing with Dallas as we move forward? I think this is more about the Philadelphia Eagles schedule. I like Dallas to win the division. I think DraftKings has these markets. Philly uh, plus 180 be a wild card. If you shop around, you can find Dallas plus 170 to win the division. If I just gave you a pen and a piece of paper and said, write down the hardest eight game schedule you could possibly think of for an NFL team, you'd have a hard time getting a harder schedule than the one the Eagles have now. It starts this week with the Dolphins. Uh, they play the Cowboys twice, the 49ers, at the Chiefs, at the Bills, at the Seahawks. Meanwhile, Dallas has a pretty soft schedule. So if you just want to bank Dallas plus 170 to win the division now, the schedules do flip towards the end of the year where Eagles, uh, the last three games, have a softer schedule to get the Giants a couple times. I think Arizona's in there. 
and Dallas has a hard schedule. So maybe you can f- figure out an arbitrage situation where, um, you know, you just take Dallas now and then you take Philly later. Dallas is probably going to overtake them at some point with this just ridiculously brutal schedule for Philly. Philly could play well over these eight games and still go like three and five. It's just a, it's a brutal stretch. So there's some value on Dallas to win this division. Yeah. And we were talking about the Eagles a little bit earlier. The, the eye test has been a little bit weird, not quite what we expected with Philadelphia this season. Sure. Um, well, awesome stuff. Appreciate your time as always. And uh, remind people where they can check out the pod. Uh, Bear Bets podcast. College one is out today. NFL one tomorrow. I have a column out for Fox today. So check that out. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. The gambling group chat. We love it. Uh, That's Will Hill. Follow him at not the Will Hill on X. But that's an interesting perspective with the Cowboys in the division, because obviously you're you're buying low on a team that people thought was going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, I've got a preseason ticket on him to do it. So I'm glad that Will is kind of on that bandwagon. What number? What number? What was it? Plus... Ooh, I got to go back and look. I want to say it was plus 185 yeah. preseason, right? Somewhere around right? there. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it was. Um, but no, I, I would agree. And I think the Cowboys are a little underrated. And that's why I took the kind of the jab at Herbert. Dak Prescott has a game like that. Cut Dak Prescott's trending. Herbert has a game like that. And it's just like, man, Brandon Staley, what do you do? Like, I think this Cowboys team is a little underrated. And especially when you factor in what the Eagles have coming up. And can I add really quickly, I would disagree with you. I don't even think the eye test says the Eagles have been underwhelming. These stats say the Eagles have been underwhelming. Well, and now I'm over the point of the new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, right? Because at the beginning of the season, you're like, all right, yeah, you're you're easing things in a little bit, some different personnel. But no, that excuse is kind of out the window now. So we got to take a quick break. We will turn our attention to college football when we come back. Michael Calabri is going to join us from the Action Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. Don't forget, everybody, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel with you here on VSIN. And excited to talk some more college football with Michael Calabrese, betting analyst over there at the Action Network. Appreciate you taking some time to join us, especially with such a big weekend. We got Penn State, Ohio State on deck, top 10 in the Big Ten. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be great. I'm sweating it a little bit. I got all kinds of Penn State futures, but I think they're actually really well positioned for this matchup. When you look at what they do well on the defensive side of the ball, they're number one in the country in success rate, and it's a Manny Diaz defense. So they're also number one in terms of havoc. And then a lot is being made of Penn State's offense not being all that explosive up against an Ohio State defense that is number one in limiting explosive plays. But when you look at Drew Aller's card this year, his passing chart, He doesn't go down the field, so it doesn't really affect them. They're happy to dink and dunk, rely on their running game, their very strong offensive line. And I also don't think enough is being made about Ohio State's injuries coming into this Mm -hmm. game. Denzel Burke in their secondary, Egbuka at wide receiver, and Henderson in their backfield. All three of those guys are questionable to some degree coming in, and if they are limited in this game, I think this plays out more towards a pick as opposed to where it is in the market right now. So I'm actually on the Penn State money line. If, if you like Penn State here, Michael, do you sit back and wait for the injury news, right? Because I would assume if it's officially announced that those guys are going to play together, I was making the case with Stormy, they're worth something, and you're starting to see like Circa's up to five and a half, so would you just sit back and wait? Because if they don't play, I don't think there's going to be much of an adjustment from where we're at now, right? I would agree with that. I think in terms of your overall gut feel for a money line play, there's not going to be a huge differential in line movement in terms of player availability moving forward. But I do think that there's an opportunity if you wait a little bit that it could impact the total. So I keep my money on the sideline in that regard. If you're waiting on injury availability, you know, minutes before kickoff. When you talk about the Penn State futures that you have in hand as well, like how are you feeling about those at this point in the season? I liked them as a team to make the college football playoff this year as well. Yeah, I think it's basically lining up perfectly because I do really enjoy this matchup on paper, at least against Ohio State. So I prefer them going on the road to play this one and then hosting Michigan because Michigan, I don't think is a great matchup for them because the only true vulnerability in this Penn State defense is really playing smash mouth football and running the ball in between the tackles. And we know that Michigan wants to do that over and over and over again. So despite the fact that they're going to be at home 
I believe it's going to be a noon kickoff, so they're not going to get that electric late night energy up in Happy Valley against Michigan to try to, you know, to have a bit of a advantage, at least in terms of the atmosphere. So I do think if they get the win here, then you're in a perfect position to hedge because this will probably vault them into let's call it the top three, if not the top two of the AP rankings. So I know we got another play, but I want to get your thoughts on maybe some of the big games, too. Um, one of the things I want to get your thoughts on was the status of Tyler Van Dyke and what this means for Miami, because they're taking on Clemson. I talked to a lot of people that they thought last week was the buy low spot for Miami, right, coming off of that Georgia Tech loss. I actually kind of think, Michael, this is the buy low spot this week for them if Van Dyke's going to be healthy. So it looks like you're nodding in agreement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Van Dyke, it means so much to this team. And also, I think just from a psychological perspective as well, as somebody who can play at such a high level, he can kind of rate the ship a bit. But this Clemson defense, if it's a backup quarterback, it is going to be a disaster for Miami because mm-hmm. for all of the issues on the offensive side of the ball and the questions about who's really you know calling the games, their overall playbook, what they're trying to do offensively, defensively, I still love this Clemson team. So really, I think it's either a play on Clemson if Van Dyke is even questionable or to go ahead and play the under in this spot. While we're on quarterback injuries, I feel like a natural transition is probably Riley Leonard and Duke taking on Florida State this weekend, sitting that number at 14 and a half. How are you looking at that one? One of my favorite unders of the entire weekend, you look at Florida State's defense in the last few weeks, Jared Verse is finally coming on on their edge, and it's really given them a higher ceiling in terms of their overall defensive play against a Duke team that with Riley Leonard, I imagine that he's going to be limited in some regard. And without him being a dual threat, truly, I think it's going to be too difficult for them to sustain drives in this game. But when Florida State has the ball, this Duke defense is for real, particularly in their secondary. And their only vulnerability, if you want to nitpick a little bit, is the running game. And Florida State has just been inconsistent. You know, the fact of the matter is that Trey Benson was supposed to be a bell cow back this year. He has not been. I know he's played a little bit better in the past few weeks. But this Duke defense, I think you're not going to be able to take advantage of them through the air. They're top 10 in success rate on that side of the ball. So I think this is going to turn into a rock fight. And Mike Elko is an elite defensive game plan you know, specialist. So I believe that he's going to put together a great game here, try to shrink this down with those running clocks after first downs in a game like this. So 48 and a half does not scare me away for an under. All right, let's make sure we get your play in. Georgia State been a very, very uh, a beneficial team to follow at the window if you're a better out there, and it looks like you're going back to the window again here, right? Yeah, they're playing Louisiana in a critical Sunbelt game, and Louisiana is a paper tiger. No way around it. They played four teams outside of the Sagarin top 100. It's really boosted their rushing stats. They average uh, more rushing yards than any other team in the Sunbelt Conference, but they're up against a top 30 run defense in Georgia State. And when the Panthers have the football, they do two things incredibly well. They protect Darren Granger, their dual threat quarterback, their top 20 in avoiding havoc nationally, and they run the ball so well. Marcus Carroll went from a running back by committee member for the first three years of his career to being a feature back. He's averaging over 150 yards per game in Sunbelt play. I think they're going to absolutely boat race the raging Cajuns here. I like to call this the Wiley Coyote moment. Like Louisiana has been coasting on their you know previous reputation. They're out there, you know, dangling their feet in the air. This is when the free fall comes. I'm actually going to play this on the alternate line. I think Georgia State should be a three-point favorite here. Love a good alt line here with Michael Calvary's of the Action Network joining us on the Lombardi line. Let's go a little bit bigger picture and talk Heisman because with Washington coming off the big win over Oregon this past weekend, Michael Penix has now vaulted to an odds on favorite. I see minus 130 right now on DraftKings. Does that potentially open up the door, open the window for some of these other guys who still have significant numbers? Oh, I absolutely think so. Here's a little nugget. This is the first time a Heisman favorite has entered week eight with negative juice since Lamar Jackson in 2016. Wow. I think Michael Penix Jr. is a great player. I do not think he is in the, the same conversation as where Lamar Jackson was at that point in that season. And the other issue is that he has injury history. And also he has a player on his own team who he could end up, you know, having votes siphoned away from him in Roma Dunze. Roma Dunze essentially won them that game against Oregon. There was a lot of jump balls. He ends up catching the game winning touchdown. If I was a Heisman voter, he would be in my top three. So it is a question of does this open up value for other players? I think absolutely. Dylan Gabriel has a great Heisman moment leading a game winning drive in the Red River showdown against Texas. And there's other players who are going to have marquee opportunities down the stretch to potentially put their teams 
into the college football playoff, Drake May being one of them. So I think what this is doing by him having negative juice at this point is inflating the value on all these other players. So yeah, I would start building a portfolio of some of these guys at 10, 15, 20 to one. Yeah, the two that I thought of, Michael, that I was going to bring to the Stormy later, you hit one, Drake May, yeah, because I think the production is going to be there. Tez Walker makes a massive difference. Yep. It really is going to help him out. Uh, their schedule is awesome, so they can build up those stats while stacking up wins. The other that might not have the wins resume does have a moment later, but statistically, Jaden Daniels is is incredible with what he's been able to do. He was 35 to one last weekend. Now he's up to 14 to one. Like, I still think there's value in adding him to a portfolio. I agree. And as you mentioned, it's all about having those Heisman moment opportunities and having those marquee you know, matchups. So LSU traveling to play Alabama. I like Alabama this week. I think they're going to climb you know, even higher in the AP rankings after handling Tennessee. That's a great opportunity for him to score a marquee win. It's the reason why they were able to vault into the SEC West title last year by beating Alabama in overtime. So I agree with you. Even at 14 to one, I still think there's value on Daniels. What about big picture for like college football national championship talk? Because I've been kind of just looking at the odds board and targeting some of those one loss teams where they sit right now. I I don't think Alabama is out of the question. Mm -hmm. I don't think Oregon is out of the question. How are you kind of breaking down the market right now to win it all? What's so interesting in the swan song for the Pac-12, not only do I think they're going to get a team into the college football playoff, that team doesn't even need to be undefeated. So I think you're seeing the board in the right way. But expand beyond Oregon. How about Oregon State? They're sitting here at 150 to one in the market, and they're only they only have one loss on the on the season. When you look at the teams they're playing down the stretch, they got a game against Washington. They got the Civil War against Oregon. And when you look at what their defensive coordinator was able to dial up last year, they held Washington far below, I believe, 15, 16 points below their season average and Oregon six points below their scoring average in an upset. So. In terms of what they have on the field, I think they absolutely have the horses to get it done and to have a few upsets and get to the Pac-12 title game. If they get there with one loss, they're probably going to be in that five to six range of the college football playoff rankings. And then there's one more game on tap that's likely going to be a top 10 matchup, whether it's USC a, a rematch against Washington, a rematch against Oregon. I think that they'll have the resume you know, talking points to get into the college football playoff and at 150 to one, that's just oozing with value. Real quick too. We've seen now added at DraftKings the markets of yes, no, will they make the playoffs? So that's something to look at too. Oregon state is a uh, 14 to one to make the playoffs. So if you don't want to invest in the championship, yeah. there you can go. Really, really good talking points, Michael. Appreciate your time. You're awesome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Michael Calabrese of the Action Network. Follow him on X at East Breeze. Um, but let's continue a little bit more of this college football conversation oh, when yeah. we come back on the other end of the break, especially because like Drake May for me, like I really, really like that bet right Great. now. Um, okay. That's going to do it for this segment. We're going to take a quick break. The music is telling me to shut up, but stay with us on Visa. And we've got college football and wrapping up Thursday night football when we return. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. So you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way. VSIN's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com. We're wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line. Thanks for hanging out with us, Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel with you. It is time for our pro tip of the show. And speaking of vcin.com, that's where you can head to get pro tips from our show and every single show at the network. But we just had a really good conversation with Michael Calabrese of Action Network talking about the Heisman market and that there are some opportunities for other names in there. Michael Penix Jr. is the first odds on favorite, he said, going into week eight of the college football season since Lamar Jackson did in 2016. And he had like love Michael Penix Jr. had a tremendous season. He hasn't separated himself mm-hmm. to that level. So some double digit odds out there to get in on potentially. So there's that. And the, and the Heisman market seems to really react, obviously, to wins and losses. Thus, Michael Penix Jr. getting a big win over Oregon. Uh, Bo Nix slides down. Well, Bo Nix isn't dead by any stretch when it comes to winning this award. And that's why he I go played back a great to, game. Right, he, he was awesome. He was absolutely <laughs> awesome. And so when you look at that from that perspective, that's why I bring in a guy like Jaden Daniels at LSU. The market forgot about him because LSU took two losses early on. Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC who's putting up monster numbers on par with some of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's a top three quarterback statistically in the uh, in college football. His defense just sucks. Correct. And actually, I would argue that helps you if you're betting Jaden Daniels because you want to know why? Then he's going to get into shootouts and he's got to put even more numbers up on the board. He was 35 to one last weekend. Going into that game, it was like, what Auburn last week for LSU. The, in the market, kind of forgot he put up another incredible game, and he's down to fourteen to one. So even then, Stormy, not only is Michael Penix Jr. being an odds-on favorite, altering the market, but it's the fact that the market overreacts to some early season losses that really allows you to get in on some of these guys. So I would say for sure, Jaden Daniels at fourteen to one. How about a guy? I mean, last time I checked, he's the quarterback of an undefeated team who just got the one of the best wide receivers in the country yep. onto his roster, Drake May. Yep, Drake May eighteen to one. That. That's the one that I I really, really love right now because they have all the opportunity in the world to go in there, win an ACC championship, potentially, if they keep this going. You talk about Tez Walker being brought in. Yeah, huge, huge difference that, that Tez Walker just being an added weapon for him in that wide receiver core that he brings has not thrown an interception since week three. He had Drake. Might, he had a little bit of a wonky, slow start, but he'll also get you some rushing numbers, some rushing touchdowns. That'll kind of boost his stats up a little bit. You do get to play the name brand of Clemson later on in the season you do play a ranked team in Duke Mm -hmm. but some very winnable games as well to put you in position to win an ACC title to put yourself in position for the playoff and those are the types of markers that you're looking for for a Heisman candidate and so I think a lot of things are showing up Drake May for me my tickets that I have are Michael Penix Drake May and Sam Hartman which unfortunately for my Notre Dame fighting Irish, that one's a little dead in the water there. He's yeah. he's 80 to 1 now, and that's that's definitely not the ticket that I have. Yeah, and, well, and I think because he lacks like the explosiveness, right, in terms yeah. of the, the passing well, stats Well, and what and we saw at the beginning of the season, you thought that maybe that he was going to have that kind Can't of Can't play Navy there. every week, right? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'll i say this. I mean, I make, I'm teasing you. Uh, do you think that my Tanner Mordecai, 150 to 1 Heisman ticket, has uh, any shot in any way, shape, or form? But I will say this. 
Michael, you had a good point here. Our guy Calabrese, I got a 90 to 1 ticket on DJU. That's right. Yeah. DJU is still alive, my friend. That guy, let's go. I'm all How much DJU. is Oregon State just so ticked off at themselves now that that Cam Ward's been kind of figured out? Oh, that's so I bet them in that game and obviously they lost, but I'm with you. Like one of the things that put me in that bet was if you watch Cam Ward, he's putting the ball in danger. Like there's not a lot of nuance to this. Like a defense like this should be able to, to use your term, figure this thing out. Yeah. Obviously he has turned now into a pumpkin. So the magic is worn off, but yes, like absolutely. I still can't believe how they got clapped by Arizona last it's, week. 44 to six. Yeah, it's and Arizona. I mean, look at Arizona. Like that's that's why college football this year is crazy and great, especially with some of these quarterbacks, because you have no idea. Arizona's backup quarterback is, I think, better. Like you need to stop playing this game with Jaden Delora and whether or not he's going to come back from injury. You got a guy in Noah Fife. Like I think they're going to be good as they move forward. But you bring up Arizona, you know, you get clapped by them. And it's a team that pushed Washington and covered a big number, got to double overtime against USC. That team could be a one loss Arizona team in in a Pac-12 that's been incredible up to this point. This was a very long-winded VEASAN pro tip, but again, pro tips available, VEASAN.com, searchable by sport and by show. Let's wrap things up talking Thursday night football in the Big Easy. We got Jacksonville headed to New Orleans, taking on the Saints tonight. That number's bopped around a little bit, but right now, Saints favored by two, total 40. I do have an under bet in this game. No side for me. You think that this could lend towards Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, it does appear, will be starting tonight. Yeah, a small money line play on Jacksonville for me here, too. Uh, And it's, you know, for what it's worth, uh, the model had this as a near pick like I think it had the Saints winning by 0.1 points so I think there is some value coming in here especially if we're reacting to news about a guy getting signed off the practice squad which has no bearing on what's going to happen with the starting quarterback position so I guess maybe the market is waiting for official official news that this is going to be the case but I expect Trevor Lawrence to play I expect this run defense to bottle up Kamara in this rushing attack and I expect it you know to look uh look at check down car here yeah. and bottle him up even more and I expect that the uh, Jags are to come in here and get a win so a small play on the money line here for me for Jacksonville with that from the check down perspective I do feel pretty comfortable that Derek Carr is going to get some attempts in there going to get some completion so I lean over on both of those numbers completion sitting at 21 and a half attempts 31 and a half but I feel more comfortable I think with the attempts number just feeling yeah. that that's the type of game that he's going to have to put out there and that I mean that quite frankly he just does well, and I, we can add to um, right best corner on the field yep. not going to be out there for Jacksonville taking on a front seven that is one of the best if not the best in the NFL so you put all of those things together uh, whether I like I think I'd rather go over attempts than completions but either way we're, we're kind of on the same path yeah. which is this is going to be a running game that's probably not going to be very successful thus that's going to put the ball in Derek Carr's hands more and I think that means you're going to attempt a lot and to your point too as somebody who is uh, in certain key plays maybe a little bit of a chicken wants to check it down more often than he should then I think that leads to uh, you know obviously a rack up of attempts pretty quickly I also think slash hope based on a bet that I did this morning that Chris Olave will be on the receiving end of the bulk of those checkdowns and hopefully get some yardage. I like, I really like the over 61 and a half because for him, when he goes over, he goes way over and it's a no mm. sweat. If he doesn't, then it's just kind of one of, he's going to put up 12 yards. Like we kind of works against your underplay though, doesn't week. it? No, because they don't, they can't capitalize in the red zone. So I, oh, I don't okay. think so you want empty calories. Yeah. Oh yes. Give me those empty calories. Give me the, you know, Coca-Cola, just drink your calories away. That's what I want in this one. Uh, but yeah, Chris Olave, 61 and a half yards. I did put that one in the account this morning. Um, like think- you, to your point about the, their best corner being out for Jacksonville, the Jags secondary has struggled the last two weeks against wide receiver one specifically. Like we know Diggs went off in London, but uh, uh, Diggs went off in London. Pittman got over 100 yards last week. Um, I think that there could be opportunity for Chris Olave. Uh, it might be opportunity here too for um, Alvin Kamara. He's got 25 targets. You know, again, speaking to the nature of how Derek Carr plays, he's got 25 targets in three games. Uh, reception prop of over four and a half. If we, again, we're all kind of correlating this together, how we're looking at this matchup. But if it correlates that Carr is just going to rack up the attempts and, and do what he usually does, that's a high target rate through three games. And if the passing attack downfield might not be working, or if he's going to be having a lot of attempts, that would mean a lot more for Kamara, I think, than just four and a half receptions. A, a number he's gone over in two of the three games. So far. Well, and that's a similar concept that I'm thinking of with Olave. He had 10 targets last game. Yep. Like, and just... by the way, the one game that Kamara didn't, it was a blowout. They blew out the, the Patriots. You know, you didn't really need to rack up the workload there when you were up 34 points. The under streak, I think slash hope continues with the New Orleans Saints. Um, like I said, with me betting that under, it's a uh, six straight this season, 12 straight bet, bet, dating back to last year, 15 and one their last 16 games. And I, I know it's a low total game, but I just feel like it's going to be kind of one of those 
primetime Thursday night clunkers that Al Michaels loves so much. Yeah. Hey, and to your, like, as you have said, you've played this. So it makes more sense for anybody out there. Like shouldn't play short sample props. Well, if you've been part of the ride where you've been sitting there and getting stuff out of this, you as a better or can, they can come in on a game that's, you know, you can make the argument. It's been adjusted, right? We're talking about 40 points here, but I think that that's something that's really, we don't talk about enough. If you've been part of the trend, then it's worth it to come in even at a number that probably doesn't offer a lot of value because you've gotten a lot out of the trend. How frustrating are the Saints as a team? Uh, not frustrating because I think that they were going to be stinky coming into the year. Really? They're, they're, they're the they're favorite in the watch. NFC South. Well, yeah, by default, the NFC South sucks. Well, they're supposed Did you to watch have this Desmond ex- Ritter play quarterback last week? They're supposed to have this excellent quarterback play, though. <laughs> and I, me, because, and I have been a so Derek a Carr thing. apologist so for such a long time. You should apologize to you. He's had a bad defense in the Raiders year in and year out. It's like, you're finally going to have a good defense. Here's your opportunity. And bleh. it looks like maybe the career worst year for Derek Carr last season Jeez. might not have been an anomaly. Ugh, such a letdown. Like really, really disappointing. I think the whole NFC South is disappointing, though. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. Elliot Tain and our year Pro Bowler Derek Carr last year. Remember? Point. Yeah, yeah. I got what did he say at the Pro Bowl? That quote that made the rounds. Oh, I can't. He says a lot. The guy's a talker. It was. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. That's a wrap for us today here on the Lombardi line, though. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Good luck with your bets. Just to recap once again, he's got the Jags money line. I'm rolling with the under 40 in this spot. Give me some Chris Olave and some Derek Carr temps, though. I'm just saying. Pablo Torre is coming up next on DraftKings Network. Sharp money here on VEASAN. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.